0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the
1: Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, June 4th. Crazy. It's already Friday. How about that, guys? Uh, as always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Off the Bench Baseball, Baseball FYI, or Friars on Base. Or, if you are more a pop culture entertainment connoisseur, my place is at Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, By Disgusting, Film Cred, and more. And hopefully many more to come. And especially with baseball, there is more to come. Quite literally. I will be talking about that later at the end of the pod. But of this here Locked Padres podcast, though, guys, you can check out and follow Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you'd like, you can hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them and maybe even answer them here on the show. And guaranteed. To be answered on the show is your question. If you send me a review in the podcast uh, section on Apple Podcasts, send me a five-star review and then write in the little description thingy a question. And I guarantee you it will be on the show. Going to try and get another one of those in next weekend. And soon this promotional thing. I think I'm going to put an end to it because I want to start doing more traditional just call-outs for mailbag questions, I think. Eh, eh, maybe not even. I don't know. I'll decide on that. But uh, today's episode, guys, is also brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me tonight at 10, 10 p.m. Eastern time to get in on the action. We're going to be doing a live reaction kind of watch party for the beginning of this Padres Mets showdown. Should be a lot of fun, guys. Add me on there. Javier Reyes, J-A-V-I-E-R-R-E-Y-E-S. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And for today's episode, guys, we are breaking down just a little bit some of my thoughts and tidbits from last night's victory over the Mets. The first in this four-game stretch. Very, very fun. And then going to be continuing the crossover with Ryan Finkelstein of Locked On Mets, where we talk a little bit more about the Padres and just in general how our teams have both been really excited this year. I, I think it was a, a good discussion. So looking forward to that. But for now, let's get into it, guys. Last night. Your San Diego Padres won by a score of 4-3. to three. Starting for the Padres on the mound was the legend himself, Mr. U. Darvish, not having his best start in the world, going five and a third's innings, giving up two runs on four hits, walking run striking out five. It raises ERA by just a tad bit on the season, still standing at an imposing 2.25. I guess you could say it's his second consecutive meh start, but it doesn't matter. I guess he's just due, and to a degree, I actually think the bets are due. To be perfectly honest with you, I just feel like that Mets team eventually is going to start rolling on the offensive side of things. I don't think they're going to be 30th in runs for too much longer. So, you know, but thankfully it didn't matter, obviously, because the Padres got the win. And Darvish looked fine. And what was crazy is more importantly, Darvish had a good hitting night at the plate, going two for two with a double, including one double. You guys got to go check this out on Twitter. Like, even he, after the double, looked shock. Uh, Looked shock. God, I can't even speak today, guys. I'm sorry. He looked shocked when he hit the ball, uh, which just goes to show you, you know, it's it's ridiculous. Apparently, he's getting a little bit better at batting. He mentioned a while back that pitching coach Larry Rothschild told him, you only think you can't hit, and then from then on, I have taken hitting more seriously, he said last night. Since then, hitting has become a little more fun for me. And then, and then he also leaned over, I'm reading all this from uh, uh, Kevin Acey's reporting from the San Diego Tribune, after Interpreter Shingo Hori had finished, Darvish leaned over to him and said one more thing, but I will just mention this, he said, I do like the DH and I would like to have the DH, so it's funny that he added that in there, just in case he has to make sure people don't uh, get confused with what his uh, perspective and stance is on this whole thing, and I do think we need the DH, I've been very vocal about that. Um, but otherwise, this game was really all about Tatis, man. And look, I got to give some credit to Tywin Walker of the Mets. Going five innings, giving up three earned runs, four runs in total, but only three earned on four walks and two Ks. It was one of his worst starts in a while, but that guy's been really good for that team this year, and he's been one of those back end of the rotation guys. Similar to, say, our Ryan Weathers. You know, Ryan Weathers is a rookie, of course, but Tywin Walker has been that kind of surprise guy to add some depth to the end of the ret- rotation for the Mets. So while the Padres were able to hit him a decent amount last night... Um, I do want to give him some sort of credit, and the big hits coming from who other? Who el- who could you imagine had the big hits last night? It's it's amazing. Like I'm almost getting tired of talking about the guy. It's it said Fernando Tatis Jr. last night getting the huge, and I mean huge. Two-run home run from El Nino himself in the bottom of the third inning. What's crazy about this play is that Mason Williams, the center fielder for the Mets, looks like he had a beat on the ball. It goes right into his glove and then right out. Ends up resulting in a home run. He did hit the ball pretty hard, don't get me wrong, but uh, we did get some uh, a little bit of assist. Maybe a candidate perhaps. For the Mets, helping us out on that play, so shout out to you, Mason Williams. Really appreciated that. Uh, but it was so funny seeing Tatis like get hyped up about it too, and just looking towards the bench the way he always does, doing the fist bumps and and all that stuff. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, but more importantly, all right, so he had the home run, right? But then most importantly, he scores on a wild pitch. In the bottom of the fifth inning, giving the Padres four runs. Uh, and the only way he scores on of that is because he's Tatis. And it was a huge, like, his speed on the base path. This was one of those games where you saw why it's important to have stars in baseball. And I'm not the only person that said this and made this point. It's a very obvious, cliche line for me to kind of say and whatnot. But it showed you why the stars and paying for big talent matters. Because they have games like this where they clearly were the difference maker. Uh, because in this game... James McCann ends up homering for the Mets. He's been on um, catching fire lately. Uh, don't get me wrong, I would take my Puerto Rican uh, man, uh, Mr. Victor Caratiti, over him any day of the week, obviously. Of course, guys. Of course I want Victor. But uh, he does get a two-run home run shot in this game. And then almost blowing the game uh, towards the top of the eighth inning, if not for kind of some good defensive play. Uh, at B.A. able to get out of the inning, the Mets might have been able to score because of two double plays that went the Padres' way in the top of the ninth. By two, I mean one that May Machado chose not to throw to second base at one point, which was very scary, but then of course there was one right up the middle that happened to go his way. Uh, The BABIP gods did not betray the Padres on that particular one, and Melanton is 18 for 18, and basically 9 in safe situations that don't have to do with the extra innings rule uh this year he's been absolutely fantastic and you have to give credit to him and also Will Myers I just this is just a, li- a last little observation I must say um he's he's gotten a hit in his last 6 games he's on a 6 game hitting streak going one for four last night, um, he has made me look a little bit nervous, it's not the lack of like home runs or insane games, but it's the type of stuff that he's swinging at, and the way he's swinging, I'm not saying he's getting lazy with his swing, but it just looks like he's being completely fooled on stuff a little bit outside of the zone, like a little bit, especially change-ups and sliders and any off-speed stuff, honestly, to be general, but almost like that Zach Davies sinker that he was throwing last year, it almost seems like every pitcher is, is throwing that to him uh, now, is what I've been seeing anyway, and these, these weak kind of swings where I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like you had no chance at hitting that pitch, so I'm a little bit worried about him. But granted, he does have a six-game hitting streak going, so hopefully he's due for some home run and some big hits for the team. Maybe a couple stolen bases too. I love to see Will's uh, speed um, be put on display. But yes, seriously guys, unbelievable night for Fernando Tatis Jr. Coming off of that one game absence from the oblique strain, which thank God it wasn't a serious injury because there are plenty of other obliques. You know, it's, it's probably harder for pitchers, but Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals might be out for a while. They're describing it as a significant injury, so just to give you a perspective that that injury can be a little weird sometimes, uh, and thankfully he is back because I don't know what to do. When it comes to this team with and without Tatis, is so completely different. Still a good team without Tatis, but it's not the same thrilling, all-encompassing level of fantasticalness that is the team when he is playing for them. And uh, last night showed it. So shouts out to him, and also shout out guys to Bet Online a great site. You ever heard of it? It's the place that you can go for all of your betting kind of needs and what have you. Baseball season is in full swing. You can check all the action there, but also they've got all the latest news and odds for all your sporting needs in general, including the NBA, NHL, or UFC, MMA kind of action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams Prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50%. That's right, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And also, guys, I got to talk to you about something that I've been talking to you about a while, and that's Sports trade. If you haven't heard about it, where it's basically fantasy sports meets the stock market. It's pretty great. It's no wonder the company's blowing up. The site is really amazing. I can't believe nobody else thought of this concept before to be perfectly honest. Uh, their platform allows you to buy and sell shares, in your favorite players like real stocks. It's really exciting, and they just added baseball to the platform rather recently, so check it out today. It's simple. Player value rise and fall based on two factors. One, their performance in each game compared to the projected fantasy points in that game. And then the more points scored, the higher the player's value goes. And two, good old supply and demand baby. The more shares that are purchased in a player, the higher their value goes. You can instantly buy and sell as many players' shares and as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the how it works video, and then sign up to get started and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. And now, guys, let's continue the crossover. But yeah, uh, Padres still looking pretty good, despite a little bit of a slumpy series against the Cubs. I think they just had a hangover series. I think everyone was so excited after the Friday wins and extras and the Saturday inning that saw the the great Tatis tie game home run when he just looked at it or whatever, that they were just hung over after that and forgot to show up to a degree for this Cubs series. Hopefully that isn't the same for this Mets one though.
0: I mean, I hope it is. But the one thing <laughs> that, that you mentioned with Blake Snell Do the Rays have some, like, hex on these pitchers? Because it seems like all of them leave Tampa, and they just aren't the same. I mean, we saw with Chris Archer, Mm. uh, to a certain extent, David Price wasn't quite as good. I mean, he had his moments, but I don't know what's going on there. It's kind of interesting that Snell's struggling, too.
1: Um, There's a bunch of different reasons for this. I've heard some people say that it's just really hard to hit in Tropicana Field, and maybe that having half of your starts there helps, and people have trouble seeing the ball, stuff like that. Uh, Tropicana Field. Despite my love for orange juice, uh, it does not have. There's not a high reverence for Trappistana field. It seems among baseball fans, but it's that as well as just. My only take on that is there's going to be people that start coming out with the takes and they're like, the Rays won yet again. They just knew to get rid of this guy. And I'm like, Did we? are we sure they knew he would become a below replacement starter? It's kind of reminds me, and I've made this correlation before. Forgive all my baseball fans that might not be familiar, but it's like when the this Boston Celtics traded that first pick. Uh, away they didn't take Markel Fultz or whatever and my thing is like okay they get Tatum that's fine but you're telling me the fraud known as Dandy Ainge who's relevant right now it's the other reason I'm making this correlation like knew that Markel Fultz would enter training camp with a completely different shot form and then just get hurt he needs to have the water drained from him like there's a you give teams credit but I think you have to calm down I do not think that the Rays knew he was going to fall off to such a degree that apparently he's worse than like Andrew Heaney right now. He's worse than Dylan Bundy. He's worse than all the angels guys. You know what I mean? Like uh, he's worse than Adam Wainwright at this stage of his career, Adam Wainwright. Like that's just a little bit too much for me to predict a drop-off is different than predicting him to be almost unpitchable. He's Robbie Ray. Uh, but not this year's Robbie Ray, who's randomly good again, by the way. I don't know what's going on there, but like previous years, Robbie Ray, that's basically what Blake Snell has been. So I think the Rays do deserve some credit, but also let's, let's calm down. They also hit on Joe Musgrove and they also hit on you Darvish and Ryan Weathers has been awesome. So that just goes to show you how, how much depth the Padres really have.
0: I do think you make an interesting point there about front offices because, you know, with Taiwan Walker, Hmm. yeah, the Mets make the signing. It looks brilliant right now. They made that Mm -hmm. signing, if I remember, about 10 days maybe before spring training. It's not like he was at the top of their wish list. They Mm -hmm. tried to get Trevor Bauer. They tried to get a million other guys before they (laughs) land on Taiwan Walker. And it has worked out great for them. But sometimes you kind of just stumble into things or stumble out of things where things don't work out. So I definitely think that could be the case with Snell. And I do want to ask you about the division real quick, too, because, first of all, I don't know what's going on with the Giants. I don't know how they've somehow gotten this resurgence from guys like Buster Posey and all those older guys, Evan Longoria, and they're atop that division competing with the Dodgers and the Padres. But it seems like that might be the best division in baseball. And I had so many people telling me going into the, that was going to be the NL East, but it seems like it's the NL West has three teams that are really freaking good.
1: Yeah. I mean, that division, I mean, I think everybody expected the Dodgers and also people expected the Rockies to be as porous and, borderline unwatchable as they are. And they're also one of those teams. This doesn't always happen in bas- uh, baseball too much where you like watch them. If you showed somebody who doesn't know anything about baseball, you could kind of tell that the Rockies are a bad team, which usually says a lot. Cause if you just show someone the Mets on the wrong night, people will be like, Oh, they're, this is the worst team I've ever seen. But it's just happens to be an off night. The Rockies, it seems like it's a constant and Diamondbacks a little bit. Well, I think they've rebuilt a little bit better. I think that they're just in that process and they're not in like a Rockies basement no hope situation um they're they're certainly not a good team and then the Giants yeah I mean ah, it's a lot shout out big aspect of Dot Giants who I talked to a lot over the offseason and just being like look the Giants I think people are underrating Kevin Gosman who looks like the he might start the All Star game at this point. That's how good Kevin Gosman's I mean, been. Come on, come on. I, no, I do I don't. I know. I know, I know. I know. I, that was that was a shot. It was a shot. It was it was an unnecessary shot though. Oh, I love your yeah. boy. I don't know why I did that. That was me. That was me. My apologies. Seven one ERA. Let's,
0: <laughs> yeah, let's, let's no, at it. come on. Um,
1: now. He'll be this. He might. All right. Well, he might be the guy that follows up Jacob deGrom. And even that's still pretty crazy. Like for a guy who we're talking about hexes and stenches, the Orioles are like that, apparently for the opposite of the spectrum, where if you're in Baltimore, you're never going to be a good pitcher. Uh, Never. It'll never happen. And this could be the second guy who leaves. And what's concerning, especially if I'm Baltimore, is he was there for a while. It's not like only two years. Like He was there for like seven years and immediately goes to San Francisco, just figures it out. He's got amazing strikeout stuff. Like I I would be uh yeah, if I if I'm an Orioles fan, I'm definitely concerned. But yeah, the Giants just seem like one of those, they're a smart team, man. They're like kind of the spurs of baseball. Um, again with the basketball correlation, but I think that they just know how to build small kind of teams I do think that we should expect some regression from guys like Posey and some guys like Brandon Crawford but I expect guys like Mike Stemsky to get better I even think guys like Alex Dickerson and Donovan Silvano might be better for that team so it might even out I think that they're going to regress but I do think that in another division that team might be more in a playoff hunt in my opinion for now they're in the playoff hunt for now uh, but I think that at some point it's going to regress and they might maybe be a fringe wildcard team. But I just think at some point, like uh, we really think Aaron Sanchez is going to take them all the way at Anthony Discofani. It might, it might work. And if it does, then uh, we already know who's winning GM of the year, in my opinion, at least for the for major league baseball.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's just been, it's been weird. It's just been, I don't even know. They're, they're yeah. one of the teams where you're not <laughs> paying attention to, you know, because they're on, on the West Coast for me. Where you just look at the standings and you're just, how is this happening? Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. You know, guys, it's so obvious what
1: the best protein bars on the market are. Obviously, I am talking about the Built Bars. Soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate. They are lovely, all sorts of flavors from mint brownie to peanut butter brownie, a double chocolate, they've got a birthday cake flavor, they've got a grasshopper chocolate, they've got mango, they've got everything all the time and some limited time flavors that pop up every now and then. They're kind of like the Ben and Jerry's of protein bars. They have all these sort of flavors that you're gonna love and of course they are healthy for you. Obviously they are protein bars. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams net carbs. So guys, I mean, what wh- what are you waiting for? How are you not sold on that? I bet you are. And guess what? I got a code for you. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. But it I'm happens, wondering. man. It happens. It's, it's like the opposite. of Your division, meanwhile, has been falling apart. I mean look, I'm not going to get into this, but the less said about the Braves, the better. Let's just say that uh, it's not going well in Atlanta right now. And I, I feel kind of bad because they were projected low for quite literally lower, I should say, for like no reason. And those dumb predictions are going to end up being true potentially. And then they're going to, oh, we told you, yeah, because you knew the thing with Ozuna was going to happen and Soroka and all that stuff. Like, okay, whatever. But, uh, you know, teams like the Phillies that are really top heavy and whatnot, like, I think that's playing to the the Mets benefit, which it feels like it has, it's been a while since anything's played to the Mets' uh benefit. If anything, the the Marlins would break out and be explosive the one year the Mets are finally World Series contender or something like that, right? But uh how has it been kind of, you feel like, in that that division? Like, is there any type of, do you feel like the Mets kind of, there is? is there a team that you fear at all in that division? Because I think with mine, it's obvious, it's the Dodgers.
0: Yeah, I think it's still going to be the Braves. I mean, you just look. Anytime you have to go through a lineup that has a and freeman, I mean, there's still a team that can absolutely hit a stride. And they've also won the division three years in a row. So you gotta give them that respect. But every time when the Mets have faced someone from the division this year, you're looking at the other side and you're like, every team's broken right now. Every single team in this division, like there, there's injuries. There seems to be even friction with managers, like you know, Joe Girardi. There's some people who don't like what he's doing over there. There's just, it's just one of those seasons where no one seems to just be having a comfortable, fun season. And the Mets have really taken on that over the last, I'd say 10 days, two weeks, where I think they've won. I want to say like nine of the last 13 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So the Mets have been kind of the one team that seems to be figuring it out. And it's been with a lot of replacement guys coming up and and helping out the team. But yeah, that, the division as a whole just seems to be battered and no one seems to be healthy or hitting a stride until right now, I would say.
1: Yeah. It feels like one of those divisions that it's weak is too strong of a word for me. I still think you have to hold out well, you hope get,
0: that Atlanta will think be better. Call it weak. I think you You think, you call it you think weak I call make. it
1: weak? Okay, fine. Then. All, right, all right. All right. So you'll I prove of that disc, but yeah. Okay. If
0: I'm not mistaken, <laughs> everyone's under 500, but the Mets. So. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it hasn't been good. I mean, I think that that was projected to be at minimum. I, it was the division I thought would be the most fun in baseball because you've got a lot of fun players there. But yeah, it's just that's another thing. You, you bring up injuries. It just feels like there's been even like the best teams in baseball this year, too. And I, I would put the Mets in there as well, um, at least at least on paper for now, for sure. Like every team has been suffering injuries. The Dodgers with Bellinger, Dustin May. And um, uh, somebody else probably that I'm forgetting, uh, AJ Pollock, guys like that getting hurt pretty constantly. And then with the Mets, it's Alonzo, it's Jeff McNeil, it's DeGrom for a little bit, which scared, I think, every baseball fan uh, half to death. I don't know where you were. I don't know if you you remember watching that video of him being like when he was throwing. That must have been uh, really terrible. And then with the Padres, where you have the Tatis scare. And while that gets saved and whatnot you have guys like Trent Grisham going on uh, Austin Noah to Nelson LeMay Adrian and all these guys it feels like it's been a weird year for injuries so far I hope that it just is I hope this isn't like an increase I haven't looked at the numbers or anything like that but uh you know I know we know empirically that offense is down this year but I don't know for sure if there's been more injuries but it certainly feels like there's been a lot of unfortunate luck this year and it sucks because there's a lot of good talent out there
0: yeah, I do think it's it's coming off the 60-game season. I think that mm-hmm. there's, especially with pitchers, I mean, I know that with the Mets, it's been more of the hitters going down, but it, it's kind of unprecedented to go from the jump in innings that these guys are going to have to do to, you know, the, I think, what was it, like, I think German Marquez might have led the league in innings last year with like 85. So to, for guys to go up to 200, 220, I, it, it, there's going to be injuries, and I also wonder just, what that year off maybe did to kind of throw some of these guys off the rhythm. I know for the Mets, a lot of guys have been getting hit by pitches and that's how they've been going out. Not to say that there's been a big spike in that, but you might have to wonder, okay, some of these guys are throwing 99 and maybe they don't have the same control. They would have, if they had the same flow last season going into this year. And maybe that has kind of led to some injuries on that side of things, but it's just been kind of a weird year for sports in general. And I think that there's, a lot of little carryovers from COVID that we really don't understand. And maybe the injuries is one of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. But, um, look, I love talking Mets baseball and I imagine we'll talk throughout the rest of the season, or at least I'll try to, because I, I genuinely like this team. I think it's a fun team. And I think that, like you said, there's a story every other minute with them, uh, Sometimes bad, but sometimes good too. Uh, do you have any final kind of predictions? I guess for this weekend series, which consists of one start, which is hilarious to look at, Blake Snell versus Tyrell Walker, and it find me someone find me the person that predicted that at this point that Tyler Walker would not just be better, but infinitely better so far, having of a season. than Blake Snell. Uh, do you have any last predictions or final thoughts on the series, man?
0: Uh, Mets are going to get a four game sweep. <laughs> I mean, it could happen. It could happen. It's a good team, uh, but it is a Petco. It is a
1: Petco. But one of my favorite things to do though is still when people they do the all right, no, no, no. all right. So they're going to win two of four, and they'll probably lose the Darvish start, and they'll lose the the, the Joe Musgrove start, and then the opposite happens. They'll lose the start against Miguel Diaz. You know what I mean, or whoever the Padres might have to put in their six band rotation that they're running right now. That's always so fun. But it just speaks to the of baseball. Uh, I think we get a good old fashioned split series here. I really do. I I, I genuinely think this is going to be a good one, though.
0: Yeah, Coming into this week, I I said, you know, I think the Mets are in for a four and three week if they handle business in Arizona. They did that. They won two out there. So, yeah, I think if the Mets walked away with a a split in this series, they'd be pretty happy, to be honest. Mm
1: -hmm. And I would not – I wouldn't be, you know – I'd be a little bit surprised if the Mets offense gets right against the Padres pitching uh, and all the guys that they have in the bullpen and the starters, it's not like this is the back end of the rotation going, they're ready. Um, and then after that, we'll be playing each other next weekend, which is something to look forward to too. Uh, and I might even try to attend that game. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited for that. Uh, and you know, if it happens at least, uh, but Ryan, it's been so much fun talking. Do you have any final things you want to plug? Cause I know you are a, a busy lad, at least I think you are. I see you on Twitter a, a whole lot. So uh, what do you got any final thoughts?
0: Yeah. You know, people can find my work over at Mets Marais. I'm an editor over editor over there. Mm. And uh, you can listen to locked on Mets every day, Monday through Friday. So just like locked on Padres.
1: Ah, a college friend of mine is doing some Mets Marais stuff. Shout yeah, out my guy, you? Anthony Gabs, um, doing some stuff oh, okay. over there. Okay. I think, I
0: think he's pretty new. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's, he just joins. I'm pretty so sure. T- so shout out to my guy. Uh, <laughs> I hope he's doing all right, but uh. Everybody else, uh, don't worry. The Pirates are going to sweep this series. Uh, And Ryan, it's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: Yep, same here.
1: And zip-zap-dee-doo-dah, boingo, everybody. That is it for my discussion with Ryan Finkelstein of the Locked On Mets podcast. Be sure to go check out his podcast. And before we wrap things up, let me also talk to you about another podcast that is called Locked On Today. It is hosted... By the iconic Peter Bukowski, and he updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts, including sometimes uh, yours truly. And I imagine that I'll be on there because there's all sorts of headlines Tatis generates by himself, let me tell you guys. Uh, and you can get all that news in under 20 minutes. Go subscribe to that podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Really great stuff there. I listen to it every morning. Um, And in terms of the future of this podcast, guys, uh, on Monday, going to be recapping the rest of this Mets series, obviously, which should be a lot of fun. I'm genuinely not kidding when I say, like, this is the team next to the Dodgers that I've been most looking forward to playing. So I'm really excited to get any takeaways from this series. You know, you've got a great matchup on Saturday, uh, Musgrove v. DeGrom. That should be really, really great. And not going to lie, not going to lie, you can hate me. Don't hate me too much for it. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Jacob DeGrobe pitch. He's just one of those guys you have to appreciate no matter what fan base you're a part of. You just kind of have to appreciate what he's doing right now. He's must-see TV. Truly must-see TV. And then also going to be answering some uh, questions next week. So be sure to send me some podcast uh, reviews in there and what have you. And also just send me questions on Twitter because I think I might do a mailbag next week. Since we are facing the Cubs and Mets again, I don't think I'm going to be retreading and doing another crossover. But still plenty to talk about. All-star ballots, all that stuff, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. And without all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Himalaya Overcast wherever remember to send those five star views on the Apple Podcast app I'd greatly appreciate it and you can send a question because I like bribery for those reviews as you guys well know follow the show or myself on Twitter and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my Friar Faithful homies take care